Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard creative team. We're We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now, on with the show. All right. Y'all want to do some trials and triumphs? Let's do it. All right. Should I go first and dominate this whole one? Yes. I'm watching your Instagram and it. You probably have enough trials and triumphs for the next year's worth of episodes. So yes, we're building I know. House. I know, right? So there is plenty to discuss, right? My trial would be that I still don't have windows. So I am paused. And I think you all probably know that. Little things have been happening, obviously, within the house. We've met with like the cabinet guy and who's doing the built-ins we're doing. And we've uh, done a few walkthroughs with our builder, but we can't really do a lot more until there are windows on our house so they can then do drywall and then from drywall we can do molding and Mm -hmm. so it kind of trickles from getting windows and closing the place in so that would be my trial except are they they on back order what yeah windows were bad windows were out for five months so like they they we ordered them as soon as you know the process started but the house has sat. Have you been following me on Instagram? You will know. There's not much progress to visually see, I should say. Yes. Hopefully, fingers crossed next week. So that would be my trial, I guess. Triumph was we met with the cabinet guy and he was super nice and he had some good ideas. And we picked the profiles for our doors in our kitchen and some other places in the house and our bathroom vanities. And so that was super great. And then we are doing, and we got a deal on some pre-built vanities for the boys' rooms, the two rooms there, Mm -hmm. just because price point-wise, it makes sense to get the ones that are not custom. So we're putting those in there. One, we did navy for Elliot's room, and then the other one just did white for Miles' room. So that was some triumphs right there. We're still trying to like chip away at decisions. So that's been <laughs> every single one I make. I'm like, good job, Taryn. You deserve a <laughs> snack. Or yeah. yeah. Right. I right. have some questions. Do you mind if okay. I ask a few questions? Because mm-hmm. I am following you on Instagram and it is, it feels like gobs and gobs of decisions you're making. Yes. You know, and like I'm, you even put up sort of a little photo of all the different trims to pick from. Oh my gosh, yes. Molding, I guess, would be the word. How Mm -hmm. did you decide? Did you, in your mind, already know what you wanted or did that influence you somehow? How did you even go about figuring that out? This is fun. I think we all work differently, even in a marriage. (laughs) David works very differently from me. So I like to start with, you know, I'm looking all the time just with my job too. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm just very visual as well. And so I've kept and stored images for years of like things I really like. When I definitely lean traditional, I just know that about things I gravitate towards. So I've been keeping an idea of what I want. But then you get to a board like that and you're like, well, I don't know. I like a cove or, or, and I know that transitional is a word we're using a lot now too, to talk about decor. And it's that kind of traditional, but 
not your grandma anymore feeling that we're all going for. Anyway, I then let the price point help Mm -hmm. (laughs) make some decisions because yes, I would love to put moldings and trims and everything because then the, every room would feel more custom and old and refined, but financially it just drywall is going to be a lot cheaper. And um, I'm trying to pick and choose and pick the areas that people are going to see and put my, like, for instance, I had this really cool built in. I wanted to do upstairs at the end of the hallway that I I'm calling a book nook. So if I talk about it, it's at the end of my hallway so we can put books with a sconce over it. Well, I'd found one with this great clipped corners, but they were clipped in. So they would have had to make some crazy curves in the actual cabinetry. Mm. And then they line it up with the drywall that also has that rounded shape and they have to line up perfectly. Anyway, financially, the guy was like, listen, I can do it. Oh, for sure. (laughs) You know, I keep getting that. We can do it. But like, and he explained uh, all the steps and he's like, and this is why it will cost you. And he's like, and nobody is, or he didn't say nobody. He was like, but no one but you is going to enjoy it. So is it worth it to you? And so it's things like that where I was like, I love it. I love it. But I know it's not when it comes down to it, it's not going to be where I'm going to throw, you know, the bang for the buck. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 So I'm making a lot of decisions based on that, but I am starting with what do I want? And then letting people like that be like, listen, (laughs) Uh Um, so a little bit of my leaning on the craftsmen that are doing it. That's smart. Yeah. Yes. Now I will say the cabinet guy different, but some of those guys are not super creative. And so you can't be like, I don't know. I can't throw too many creative things at them, if that makes sense. Because they're like, what? But Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to make the decision, but also if I can't afford it, have a backup plan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What about things, details, and maybe you're not there yet, but like details like doorknobs. Do you already know in your head what style doorknobs you're putting in your whole house and will they all match and stuff like that? Uh, I will probably go with doorknobs all the same to make my life easier. And I have done a lot of brass finish in this house. So I'm just going to keep going. And I am aware that in 10 years, I'll be like, what the heck, Taryn? But I'm just kind of sticking with brass and color. And Uh that's what I'm, that's my mode, I guess. So tell myself easier. I'm in a 20s bungalow and all of my doorknobs that are original are have brass. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, do your doorknobs match? I know it's wracking to think that, that it's trendy, but I still love mine. Do they all match throughout the house? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yours do? See, so I have the kind one's... of the like faceted crystal knob and mm-hmm. then the plate is just a simple plate that's brass. And so when we renovated, I just tried to match them as closely as I could. Mm-hmm. I yeah. probably won't do anything too decorative, just knowing me. So that's how I, I mean, I, I can narrow down just dislikes. I think we're all that way, right? Like, yes, we really know what we dislike. It's just finding out which one we like. And then in that group, which has the finish I want. And then, yeah. And then price point. And budget. And, yeah. 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 So, yeah. So those are, that's, I don't know, guys, it's going to be comical when this comes together because everything is a dream right now. And you pick one thing and you're like, wait, what else did I pick in that room already? <gasps> Does it work? <laughs> It's a big so, puzzle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like now I've started having a piece almost in each room. Like we've picked a color or we've picked a vanity or we picked one tile. And so now everything's dependent on that one or we pick the color of the faucets. Mm-hmm. So that changed the vibe in that room. I'm like, no, I picture this room like this. And so. And are you mentally keeping it all together through Pinterest? How are you keeping all that? 
organized Listen, in your brain. I am not. No, I still have my Pinterest boards. I'm trying to clean them up as we continue to narrow down. Mm-hmm. Um, that has become a whole homework in itself. But yes, it's mostly Pinterest is where, because you can snap a picture with your phone and still put it into your Pinterest board. Yeah. And even though my husband hates Pinterest, I think it's still a great visual overall way to show someone a detail. And I can throw knobs in there. And then I have a PowerPoint for each bathroom too, which was like, here is the tile, here is the hardware. So what do y'all have? Well, <laughs> Anything good? I'm, I'm still in Airbnb, so I'm going to let y'all rule. And then I'm just going to talk about one thing I hate in the world. So go ahead. Go okay. ahead, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just had some boring maintenance done in my house where I had my furnace checked out for the winter. Mm-hmm. Do you guys do this? Like no. the That sounds like oh a gosh. great homeowner thing to do though. Yeah. <laughs> well, should I be? Well, seeing as how seeing as how I I've inherited these these machineries down in the basement, the heating yeah. and cooling system and yeah. everything that is I don't know how old. So I have somebody come out in the spring to check the air conditioner and somebody to come out in the winter to check the furnace to make sure that it's working okay. And I'm really glad that I did because I, they checked it out and they said that my furnace was running too hot. So it was like going too hot and then the safety switch is turning it off. Mm-hmm. So my house has been having hot flashes. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's now at a regular temperature that's probably well, a little bit too cold. Well, you did call her old, so... This is on you. But yeah, totally recommend having somebody come out and check your furnace because I had no idea. I was just like, I thought it was me. It was not me. It was my house. I love it. So you're not going through menopause. It's your house going through menopause. It's perfect. Let me ask you, do you have a maintenance contract? I think we do have that where someone comes out and, you know, we just retain them and then they come. Yeah, it's just a maintenance contract. They come out twice a year to check it and just make sure that everything's running efficiently. Tara's looking at us like we're insane. She's like, what? Guys, I can't what even I can't even put this in like I said, I can't put this in my brain right now. So can mm-hmm. you all remind me a year yes, from now I should have you. someone? When you thank move you. in, we'll tell you all the things you oh, have to thank do. Thank God. Yeah, that's a total different <laughs> step. I can't maintain right now when I don't own it. Yeah, keep going. Okay. Yeah, it's so funny, like living in a teardown versus living in your dream home, what you're gonna put into it as far as maintenance whereas before david's like eh, it's okay right yeah everything that he let happen gosh yes sorry let's okay go ahead no, <laughs> no, no, no. So i feel like that Got i it. feel pretty triumphant that that's been that's been fixed okay but so i have a dilemma came home from thanksgiving i immediately got super excited about christmas put up the christmas tree mm-hmm. 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 brought up all my bins of Christmas, like my big mm-hmm. heavy duty black and gold, you know, Christmas bins. Okay. I love the layout of my living room. It feels super mm-hmm. cozy. Mm-hmm. But then what the heck? I just threw a tree in the middle of it. And what Enough do I do with that it. furniture? You're going to mm-hmm. have to move furniture out maybe. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. We I just have to rearrange like four rooms to get my tree in. Like move the console, yeah. put that there, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. a big puzzle. Mine, mm-hmm. I'm even in a rental home and mine was a puzzle. I had to move my rhino head off the wall. What? Oh. My, it's woven. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like, <laughs> not your real rhino. <laughs> I had to move my rhino out of the room. Yeah. You're going to have to move stuff, Liz. Do you yeah. have anywhere oh. to put it? Not really. I like not a really. corner. 
I like a tree in a corner. I do too. I do. I do too. But I feel like the room is so symmetrical that it kind of needs to be in the center and maybe I'll move. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, is it you already can decorate a tree? A layout plan for my living room to fit a tree in there. Is it already decorated, Liz, or not? No, you, can you move it around easily lit. still? Okay. I did. Mm-hmm. I, I did go easy on that. So all the mm-hmm. ornaments are still in the boxes. Yeah, I just did a a light decorating where mm-hmm. I put a whole bunch of cinnamon pine cones in it because it's an artificial tree. Cute. So I like to have Amazing. a little bit of sniff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. That's <gasps> smart. Oh, guys. What? Again, I don't know who's into what? essential oils or whatever. Yes, but there's a Christmas blend. Mmm, girls. It's not a candle, <laughs> but it is delish. I think it's called Christmas blend. I w- shout out to... Who- I'm sure if you Google it, you'll find it. Anyway. Okay. Well, here's a, a trial or something. I have two things I hate that I've learned through Airbnbs. Those, speaking of scents, so those mm. plug-in like, delay yeah. scent things, they hide them in Airbnbs. I am not kidding you. They like, because they want you to walk in and it smells lovely, right? Which I get. But sometimes they're so strong, like so strong, Mm-hmm. so strong you can't sleep they're so strong and then you can't find them they're like plugged in in some hidden location this happened in my last two airbnbs we found especially them. being long-term airbnb you yeah, really don't want to plug in if yeah. you're there for a weekend you're like whatever yeah. i'm pr- probably not in the house much well i was literally at one of joe's friend's houses probably a month ago and we were we were staying there and he, he loves he loves a plug-in glade I don't know why, but he has them all over his house. He loves them. And I don't dislike them. I used to use them in my teenagers' rooms all the time because they were stanky. And I, you know, like, <laughs> it works. Stanky. And you yeah. can set, like, the level on some of them. You can set, like, I want low, I want high. And also the scent you select. I'm assuming some are more potent than others. But anyway, I was at his friend's house, and we were spending the night. And I could, I didn't know where it was. Of course, it's the middle of the night. It's dark. It was so strong. I had to, like, put the blankets over my nose like a mask. And, oh no! And I'm not even sensitive to smell, you guys. It's, I'm sound like I'm high maintenance at the moment. I'm really not. And just to be able to sleep, I was like sleeping like this with all the covers all over my face. Anyway, that's one thing I hate in the world: too much scent needs to be light. Well, I think that's a crowd. I, I feel yeah. like you're either like a scent person or you're like a I want no scent. Person. But I love scented candles. I love scent. Yeah, I want it to feel cozy. I want it yeah. to smell good. It's just when it's overpowering, like the place we're in right now, we've been here a week. We unplugged that thing like (laughs) six days ago. Still, you walk in the door and it's like whoosh on your nose a lot. Anyway, do you smell like it after you leave? Like probably, I don't know. (laughs) Oh, my clothes probably smell like glade. Don't you wonder? Well, I wonder just in general when my clothes picks up things, I'm like, man. Yeah, you smell like this greasy, like burger yeah, place. Smell like an autumn breeze. Yeah, like right, <laughs> exactly magnolia freshness. I don't know. The other thing I don't like pet peeve about is shower curtains. I don't okay. like them to touch me, especially when they're not my own. Like stranger oh. Airbnb shower curtains creep me out. I just feel like they're dirty. Don't they have magnets at the ends? Yeah, they have magnets on. Them, well, I'm very sure. careful. I, y'all, I sound like I'm an insane person. You do, but that's okay. <laughs> you just haven't been in your own space. I guess. Yeah. Like, I'm like, that's what it is. I have a you just miss your place. 
<laughs> All right. So if anyone's building an Airbnb, you need a glass shower. No, no shower curtains at all. I think mostly these days, people, when they're building new or doing glass, you know, glass doors or glass showers or not, you know, not curtains for the most yeah. part. What about you, Taryn? Are you doing any shower like curtains? On- on that note, yeah, my builder tried to convince us into changing the two boys' uh, tubs, their tub shower combos, just into stand-up showers. Because, and to his point, he's correct. I think that's what people are doing. But I was like, I am not scrubbing the glass in two boys' showers. Absolutely not. I would rather bleach a shower curtain because I can throw that on the wash and be done with bleach. So that was my laziness of mm-hmm. thinking that the boys will never wash their own glass showers. But I'm putting glass showers in all the others. So you are correct. And the rest that I will be maintaining myself will be clean. And then I just put the, t- and they needed tubs. Or I wanted them to have a tub shower combo, just yeah. in school. Mm-hmm. But they did try to, com- they did try to talk me into it. They said that's what everyone was doing. So, yeah. Yes. But my shower curtain is very, like, again, I do the white one. It's the uh-huh. cloth one. I uh-huh. bleach it. And that's I it. I do like those cloth ones. See, the, the, those, yeah. if they touch you, they don't feel creepy. You know what I mean? Like those plastic ones. I don't like a plastic one. Have you plastic ones that are? I don't like a plastic one. Karen, go go to your Target, get yourself one of the fabric ones for the next whatever two weeks you're there. (laughs) You'll carry it around with me from Airbnb. Yes, Airbnb. Take your own shower curtain. Absolutely. Extra. Hey, I'm trying to help you. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. We have to stop. We're getting to our guest before we talk forever. All right, so our guest today is interior designer Naomi Cope. Her award-winning design firm, Little Crown Interiors, is based in Southern California and specializes in design for nurseries and children's rooms. Her work has been featured in countless magazines, periodicals, and on television, including People, The Wall Street Journal, Access Hollywood, and Entertainment Tonight. She's the author of a new book, Your Perfect Nursery, a step-by-step approach to creating the nursery of your dreams. Naomi, welcome to the show. Thanks. The nurseries that you've designed are gorgeous. Can you give Thank us? You. But can you give us a, a little hint into how you started to design for such a niche market? Yes. Yeah, so it's a, a a little bit of an odd story. So I started in fine art. So I have a bachelor's in fine art. And after that, I was like, well, now what? <laughs> and <laughs> I had always been interested in interior design and it's also been in my family. My dad did a lot of design. My grandmother did a lot of design. And so I was like, well, let's, let's try that. So I went back to school. I got another degree and I graduated right in 07 during the big recession. So my big plans <laughs> to work in hospital design and institutional design and I was going to apply to Gensler and all this stuff that all just kind of disappeared because no one was hiring during that time. So I ended up taking a job at this little studio in Orange County here that was doing nursery and kids design. And at the time I was like, what even is that? That's not a thing, you know? So I started working there and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so fun because everything is a little bit more vibrant, a little bit more colorful and whimsical. But then that company shut down. <laughs> so oh. I was um, 
you know, a year out of school at that point, And I had met another designer there and we were like, well, we could just keep doing this on our own because it's fun and we know how to do it. We have a client roster. We have photos. We started Little Crown Interiors and that was in 2008. And then in about 2015, I think my partner left to be a stay-at-home mom and I've been taking over ever since then. So I kind of backwards fell into it. And then once I was in it, I I couldn't imagine doing anything else. And then how did the book come up? Because obviously it is Mm -hmm. the manual we all need. But um. (laughs) Uh, So that came about what... Let's see. It's 2021 now. I don't even know what time it is, what day it is. <laughs> no one does. Yeah. It's so Blur's I think Day. Maybe two-ish, three-ish years ago, I, I started thinking about writing a book because there just wasn't one. And every mm-hmm. client I have is, they have the same questions, the same problems. It's, a, it's different than regular adult design, mm-hmm. right? Because there's very specific things that need to happen and mm-hmm. they didn't know. And because of Instagram and Pinterest and all of these massive social media sites and photos everywhere, they're just completely overwhelmed and they just don't know what to do. So I thought like, well, I know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been doing this for at the time, 11, 12 years. So I just started kind of documenting mm-hmm. and writing all this stuff out. Then it just sat there on my computer. Mm-hmm. And I was at a co-working office and I met someone there who is great. His name's Kyle Rutkin and he is a writer and he was like, you should publish that. Why is it just sitting on your computer? So he actually helped me kind of formulate it and we put together a book proposal and I started shipping that out to agents. And then once we got an agent, we went through that whole process. So finally got the book deal with Simon & Schuster's imprint Tiller Tiller Press. And then that was it. And that was, I think 2019 is when we signed the book deal. Okay. Well, it's really, it's really a great go-to guide, like step-by-step on how to create your perfect nursery. And yeah. So I think it's the perfect like baby shower gift I'm going to give people yeah. now. Like, no, it totally well, is. Early. It needs to be early. like, oh, you're pregnant. Here you go. Like, right. go ahead and buy right. this A book. little early. <laughs> A little yes, early. Yes, yes. So in 2007, I was mm-hmm. pregnant and, yeah. looking, and looking for things to fill our nursery. And there just wasn't enough information. And I feel yep. like things kept changing from like, when I was getting advice from my sisters, but her kids were older. So I feel like everything changes in that industry, like every few years, how do you keep up on it? Or what are, what are some things that are suggested now for rooms? Yeah. I mean, so at that time there was Pottery Barn kids catalog and maybe restoration hardware kids catalog. Mm -hmm. And there really wasn't a whole lot else aside from your local store. So it was a real challenge to find things back when we first started in that 2007, Mm -hmm. 2008. And now it's exponentially, everything's exploded. And so that's, we have the opposite problem now. And so things change like daily. I see Mm -hmm. every, every single day I see new things I have to pay attention to new products. Then, you know, there's safety regulations that change fairly frequently. And that stuff is just constant now. So it is, it's a big part of my job is to stay up on that stuff via social media, via trade shows, newsletters, all kinds of stuff. 
Well, I will say, again, speaking of you even being an organizing guru is what you probably could call yourself as well. You even start the book by being like, all right, let's get organized. Like, (laughs) you're freaking out. You're bringing a human into the world. Let me help you figure out what goes in this said room. Mm -hmm. It it is. It is like you focus on making the baby and then let's here's the guide to making the room and making the space, which is really Mm -hmm. fantastic. And I just love that you literally have the getting started. And Mm -hmm. okay, so you tell people, let's do some of the step by step because I think it's fantastic. So you start out with get yourself inspired. Yes. And how did you even narrow that down? Because to your point, it's like there's an influx of everything. Yeah. And let's, yeah. Uh, well, that's kind of, especially in recent years, one of the big challenges that my clients face. And that's why they end up hiring me is because they just, they save a mm-hmm. hundred pictures on Instagram or wherever, and they look at them and go, I, I don't, how do I make something out of this? Mm-hmm. Maybe they've saved one room that's like beautiful neutrals. And then they've saved another room that's kind of funky with high contrast and they don't understand why they like them both. Mm -hmm. And how do I take what I like, what I don't like and create something that's in my room, which is a totally different room than Mm -hmm. the ones I'm looking at. And that's a really hard thing to do. So that's part of that getting started piece in the book where I kind of walk you through how to do that Mm -hmm. uh, and how to figure out what it is that you actually like and don't like, even Mm -hmm. when you're not sure. I think a lot of people get stuck on the language. So I know I want a mid-century modern look, or I want Mm -hmm. a traditional French look. Whereas, you know, with nurseries, I kind of throw that out the window a little bit, you know? Okay. Uh But you're, but the rooms that you design don't necessarily feel childlike at all. They, they, if there wasn't a crib and a changing table in there, you really wouldn't know that this, that this room is intended for a child. Right. And that's just, you know, generally people who who do hire interior designers are looking for a refined, cohesive Mm -hmm. look. But then I also tell them once you have your junk in there, you know, your Mm -hmm. toys and your stuffed animals and your books, it's going to look like a kid's room no matter what. Because there's going to be a kid in there and kids have stuff. Mm -hmm. So definitely with the photography on, you know, that we have on the website, of course, we hide all those things, <laughs> mm-hmm. but they're there and there's nothing you can do about it as a parent. It's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Things are going to be out. So, yeah. And you speak to like, you need to know your style and to your point, knowing the words to go along with that. So if again, I'm all over the board, scattered <laughs> brain, do you tell clients like pick five words like that describe your style or... Do you just... No, not really. I mean, the style section that's in the book to kind of... I think that mm-hmm. it it's helpful because it can teach people what they can look for when they're Googling for things. Mm-hmm. But I don't intend for people to feel like they have to stick to that. You know, they don't gotcha. have okay. to have mm-hmm. a whole room that is one style. But if they know that they like a style, if they mm-hmm. know what it's called, then it's much easier for them to... Mm-hmm. look around for things and Google for things. And, you know, having that language can be helpful, but it doesn't mean you have to use it for everything. Well, no, I loved, I love that you gave examples to you had images and then like styles. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, this is so fun. I don't know what I am. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think most people are 
are not, you know, most people don't fall mm. into one category, which I think is, mm. is very relevant to almost everyone. Well, it's so it's, it is hard because again, you have a style to your home and who you mm-hmm. are probably. And then now you're adding this human who, and you want it to be more than likely you want it to be baby. And then, mm-hmm. but you want them also to look cool like you. So I see. Yeah, I see why it's so hard to even start. I had this one experience that I've told the story a few times where the client had a very modern home and it was white. Everything was white. Mm -hmm. Walls were white. Furniture was white. And she was a very, what's the right word? A proper kind of person. Mm -hmm. You know, things were in their place and such. But she told me, I want the nursery to be insane. I want, when I walk in there, I want it to just blow my socks off. So we ended up doing this like practically neon hot pink wallpaper. And it was so bright that the hallway was all white and you could kind of see the glow (laughs) of the nursery from, she just, she wanted that just wow factor that she never Uh got to do in the rest of her house because she didn't feel it was appropriate. But in Uh the kid's room, you can come do whatever you want. There's no rules. You know, mm-hmm. and even if someone comes wow. over and says, ooh, this is a lot, <laughs> yeah. she can say, yeah. yeah, but it's the kid's room, so who cares? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so How do you get everybody to go to sleep in that room? It, you know, <laughs> like, she didn't have a problem. It was, I mean, it's probably it not as drastic yeah. as I'm saying, but it was very it was bright. Fun. There's photos of it on the website. I remember the one you're talking about. <laughs> based on, Because you said that, you have one that's like neon pink. And yeah, uh-huh. I, I definitely can see it's how just I love one wall. Yeah, we didn't do the whole ah, room. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but there... And the pink ribbons on the crib, too. Mm-hmm. It looks so good. Oh, oh. We don't use those ribbons anymore, the, the bumper ties. So that, mm-hmm. that nursery was like, I think, 2011 that we did that mm-hmm. one. Those bumpers with the ties are now, at least in some states, just illegal yeah they oh. took well, them off the market yeah let's segue into that because you have a huge mm-hmm. section on safety so bumpers yeah. are yeah. out nobody's using bumpers right uh some people are still using them they're not they're not banned in all states just a few i do not use them anymore and i don't mm-hmm. recommend them but i do have mm-hmm. clients who still have purchased them and i just yeah. i just say to those people you can purchase whatever you want just know that these are the yeah. risks and know mm-hmm. These are kind of read the manual that's in there. It has important information and use it very carefully. So some people just think they look mm. nice. Yeah. And then oh, they'll they take do. them out when they actually use uh, the crib. They okay. go for the photo. God. Exactly. So mm. there are things like that. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do that, that's certainly fine. As long as you make <laughs> sure that you're following the safety protocols when you actually have the baby involved. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. I got a lot of dangling legs during nap time when there's not a sleep sack on my baby, just like dangling <laughs> through the rails, you know, and you're like, I guess this is why they made bumpers, right? So your right. legs wouldn't dangle yeah. out the edge, but I can't have you suffocate. So dangly legs. Exactly. It is. <laughs> yeah. And they, they do make kind of, and they have mesh safe... ones, right? Like yes. they have like a safety one. Yeah. Alternatives, yeah, yeah. safe okay. alternatives. There's a few, but they're you know, or dangling legs, <laughs> or just have the dangling legs. Yeah, or the sleep sack does help with dangling legs. FYI, yes, that's true. <laughs> so, what are some other things that are big safety things that new moms should look out for? Yeah, I'm, there's so many. I would say that the the one that I usually have to explain a lot. It's not kind of common knowledge, I suppose, is the placement of the crib. Because I think a lot of people, especially in California, 
kind of intuitively know, maybe no, maybe don't put the crib under the window because we have earthquakes here. But there's actually a lot of other reasons that you don't want to put a crib under a window, even if you don't live in California. There's things like heat and sunlight that can come through the window, drafts if you live in a very cold environment. There's all kinds of different mm-hmm. things. So placement of the crib is good. There's a big old section on that. I was going to say. In the book. Um, because it's kind of the centerpiece of the room. So it's the first thing that you mm-hmm. will need to decide when you're floor planning is where can I get this crib to go where it's functional but also safe. Right. So away from windows and away from other furniture generally as okay. well. So location. And then you're not supposed to put anything over it either or that can fall. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Things that what fall. What about the so mobile? Rules, no. Uh, well, mobiles no? are different okay. kinds. The ones that attach to the side of the crib, those have certain risks with them. So I usually only recommend those for parents who specifically want to use them at specific times, you know, and they're going to read everything. But mm-hmm. I, the ones that hang over the crib and they're not reachable from the crib, those are generally okay as long as they're very secure and they cannot be reached. Okay. So if the kids in there can stand up and reach. Oh, you want to no. make sure oh, they can. Yeah, no. Oh, dangling from the thing. yeah, from the mobile okay. is not okay. Yeah. Um, and you actually speak to kind of in that same safety realm, earthquake putty. I have never yes. heard of earthquake oh, yeah. putty. So it's also called museum putty. And mm-hmm. it's just this little kind of tacky play-doh-y stuff that you put underneath picture frames or whatever little objects you're going to set on a bookcase or a shelf. And it just prevents them from wheeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. an earthquake, you know, if it's a very major earthquake or if it's a toddler that grabs something and throws it, it's going to move. Uh-huh. But with a little bump, it's mm-hmm. it's not going to move. So it, right. it can be helpful in so nursery. No, it is. Because again, they like bump as they start to stand up, they hit the side Mm -hmm. of the dresser and then everything kind of shimmies on there. Mm -hmm. I thought that was so smart. I was like, oh my gosh, I hopefully, again, knock on wood, we don't have earthquakes over here. But I mean, still so smart because things get bumped so easily. Okay. So what are you usually putting over the crib then? So things that go over the crib, as you mentioned, they just need to be very, very, very secure. And I also never put glass. So I don't put mirrors over cribs or f- artwork that has glass in it. That's mm-hmm. something that I is a hard no. So, but acrylic will replace glass with plexiglass. So and smart. then okay. we just did one, a room um, where we put kind of these six little art pieces over the crib and we, uh. we slipped all of the plexiglass in there. And then we put earthquake hooks on them with anchors and then we glued them. <laughs> So, <laughs> so those know, are going to live with the house forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. they come down with the like, walls. Are you sure? Because these will not come off <laughs> without damage. Like, these are actually, yeah. <laughs> they're permanent now. So, yeah, as long as you're okay with potentially yeah. having something damage the wall when you take it back down. But it's better. It's better it's that heavy. than fall. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, which is why wallpaper is so great because you don't right. have to do anything. Right. Ugh. So smart. And I think every, I feel like nursery is the right, right now too. Mm-hmm. And you probably actually know because you do it for a living. <laughs> Everybody's using wallpaper in there. Mm-hmm. And I guess it is the way to play up an area without, again, you don't have to worry about it falling. Yes. Oh, brilliant. Yep. And they yeah. have and, removable wallpapers now. Oh, so, so great. 
murals. Yeah, those great mm-hmm. murals. Yeah. Uh, how often are you using murals now? Pretty darn often. Yeah. 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 A lot. Murals are very popular because, you know, they're not super expensive because you're usually just doing an accent wall. Mm-hmm. And most of them now you can get removable. So you don't have mm-hmm. to worry about ripping it down later. It just peels Brilliant. right off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it makes a really nice statement. And like you, we just said, you don't have to necessarily do artwork anymore if you have a yeah. beautiful mural behind the crib. So mm-hmm. and hiring someone to paint a mural can be extremely expensive. And yeah. the thing that I've run into is people get very attached to those. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then if they have to move or paint over it, it's really hard, <laughs> you know, kind of emotionally. Oh. So the peel and stick murals are are great because you can love them, but then it's not going to break your heart to take it down. Oh my gosh. That is wildly true. I was thinking my, my dad in my room growing up had painted a, it was, uh, we had fence post headboards. Mm -hmm. So it looked like a little like English cottage with like, he'd drawn rock wall or painted rock wall and then little like mice within the wall, like, like Cinderella within and then blue sky with clouds above, like the whole room was wrapped. He had painted this room. And then when they painted it, I was, I was so sad. I was like, that was, that was like, again, I grew up in this like, you know, princess land or whatever, you know? So that's smart. And again, well, back to even like the crib too is, and you speak to this, it's the focal point of the room. So Mm -hmm. You want to put something over the crib, I feel like, is what, mm-hmm. you know, you're drawn to that spot. Um, so that is there's some good tips and tricks for that. Um, thank you. What else? What was the next one? Oh, windows. You talked about window <laughs> treatments a lot, too. So yes. what are people doing for those now? What's the... Most people are doing blackouts. So whether that's blackout Roman mm-hmm. shades or blackout drapery, I would say most mm-hmm. people do drapery because it's just easier to use. Mm-hmm. But... You know, when you, again, when you're talking about quote unquote regular interior design, window treatments can be highly customized and very expensive. Mm-hmm. But in the nursery, <laughs> you know, they're, they're going to get a little dirty and maybe they're going to get marker on them or, you know, who knows? So clients yeah. are definitely less excited about spending thousands of dollars on window treatments. So that's kind of one thing that I do a lot is to try and figure out how to get really nice looking window treatments that are also not thousands and thousands of dollars. But luckily there's so many available now, so we can get online, we can buy Mm -hmm. them, we can kind of half hybrid customize them, but Mm -hmm. blackouts are generally what most people do. And then sometimes we'll do double layers. So we'll have a sheer and a blackout. So you can kind of Mm -hmm. customize, but the trick with window treatments is that it kind of depends on how you want to sleep train, which is, yeah. which a lot of people don't really think about when they're still pregnant or they're still waiting on the baby, right? Because they don't know yet. But some people want to train the baby to sleep during the day and they might not want blackouts. And then Mm -hmm. other people just like, Oh, I just go black it out. I just want to sleep. They sleep. (laughs) I sleep. So it's kind of a personal choice. And uh-huh. if you, again, if you spend a ton of money on them, you're stuck with them. So I, mm. I generally tell people we can, we can make changes down the line, you know, see how your child sleeps. Yeah. Some kids just absolutely have to have blackout or they scream all night. <laughs> <laughs> and some kids can just snooze anywhere, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Like the draw. 
<laughs> yeah, there's a yeah. few little things like that that just kind of develop after the baby comes, and mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah, you don't have to have every single detail yeah. chosen beforehand. But the double rod would like again, like you said, mm-hmm. having being able to have a shear and a blackout does give mm-hmm. the you know gives the people the flexibility, which is so smart to do there. Yeah, I um, like doing that. I also did. I do this wrong. So does the script skirt work? Let's be honest, because it only worked at the top level, and then my baby had to move down, and then it yep. became a puddly mess, and then I took yes. it off, and then I was like, but now it looks bare. <laughs> and then I was like, do they make two heights? These are questions I never Googled but thought about often. Yeah, so most most crib skirts are just a regular 17-inch, 18-inch drop, okay. and that will always happen. So when you drop the mattress down, the skirt... Uh drags on the floor but what I like to do there is you can kind of you can use fabric tape and just kind of pull it and Mm -hmm. shove it underneath the crib and use the weight of the crib to hold it in place with a little fabric tape and it'll just hang it's a little bit of effort but you can do that yeah I was just shoving it in every time Uh like it got like ugly looking I was just shoving it under the mattress and it wasn't smart fabric tape brilliant yeah (laughs) but not every crib You can't exactly Mm -hmm. not every crib can take a crib skirt because of the way the mechanisms work to hold the mattress. Mm -hmm. So that's something to keep in mind is that I've had that happen where someone will buy a crib skirt and then it won't. There's nowhere for it to go. Yeah. 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 So, oh no, that's true about bed. Like when we design beds, even yeah. for us, it's the same thing. Like every now and then, we the way the rail system works underneath, you're like, well, this bed. There's, it's not possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's something too. Uh, returnable okay. crib skirts are good. Brilliant. <laughs> returnable, returnable. Yeah. yeah. So what are some other things that, that people need to consider when they're looking for a crib? I mean, if they're hung up on a crib skirt that need to think about that, but yeah, but what are, what are some like functional things about cribs? Yes. So I always start with safety, of course. And the two main things there are drop sides, which hopefully you will never even see because they're not made anymore, which basically that means that the front rail kind of has a hinge in it and it drops down so you can more easily get the baby out. But those were found to have a lot of safety hazards. So they're not really made anymore. Mm -hmm. But if you are buying used or if you're borrowing a crib from a family member or something that's older, those can be an issue. So Keep your eye out for drop side cribs. Those are a no-no. And then the second thing, which I already just mentioned, is used. So used cribs can be okay if you really know and trust the person you're getting it from and you've checked every tiny little part to make sure that it's very secure because any little wiggling in there can be a problem. So I generally recommend not reusing a crib or using a crib borrowed from somebody else if at all possible should you go back in and retighten things on the crib like you know because like as the as the toddler jumps around right yeah they don't (laughs) fit through the door it's so infuriating Uh (laughs) yes yeah so if you use someone else's crib you're gonna probably have to take it apart and assemble it inside your own room because they want i mean even to just tighten up tighten it up but like how often should you do something like that like as you probably won't have to tighten it up if if you buy a new crib for yourself you likely won't have to really do that but if it's getting disassembled and reassembled 
then you want to be really careful about all those parts. Basically, what I'm realizing is like, I feel like we're all lucky to be alive. Yes, and Mm -hmm. I'm lucky that my child is alive because everything that you're saying, like drop side bumper cribs, I you were like, I did did it all. (laughs) So great. So I made it so far. Humans alive. But yeah, (laughs) I just love the and the crib is so I feel like the two cribs I've put together have been so infuriating to put together because they have these safety screws and you have to line them up perfectly Uh and you're pregnant. So you can't just like guzzle wine, you know, and like do it, you know, you can't be like, I'm going to drink while I do this. You can't. So you're just angry. It's Mm -hmm. hormones going. mm -hmm. So Naomi is probably a great person to hire. <laughs> you put this together. Yeah, you want to have uh, two mm-hmm. people, preferably. It is. It's a two-person job. The and room. inside the room. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ugh, preach. But that is a good one to note. Yeah. Inside, put a symbol inside the room or you will be doing it yes. again. Yes. Oh, again. Okay. Yeah. These are yeah. great. These are great <laughs> tips and tricks. Um, I wa- is that most of your big things on cribs? And you usually have people start with cribs, right? Like that's what you'll like build the kind of Yeah, it's a furniture. it's a pretty foundational okay. piece. So we usually start mm-hmm. there. I mean, there's certainly a million types and styles yeah. and things. There and, are some outrageous um, looking ones out there, like acrylic yes, cribs. There's some and amazing ones. Like I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's some really incredible looking cribs out there. Oh my gosh, your website. Yeah, the mm-hmm. acrylic ones are great. I love those because they they can help open up the room. Mm-hmm. They don't block uh-huh. your visual line there. So, and nurseries are small. Generally, they're the smallest yeah. in the house. So I love acrylic for that. As long as you're okay with wiping fingerprints every now and then. That's a huge investment too mm-hmm. for like a fancy crib like that. So when people mm-hmm. are putting their budgets together, where do mm-hmm. you where do you want to put their biggest chunk of change for? the design are you putting it in the crib are you putting it in the wallpaper are you putting it in mm-hmm. gutting the whole place and scrubbing <laughs> and disinfecting because your new child's coming yeah so that is a again it comes down to kind of personal preference with each client because the nursery ends up being i mean it's an emotionally charged space even before it's complete right so the the parent might have something in mind that they're just so attached to that they really want to have. And whatever that is, I say, you know, that might be the thing you want to splurge on, assuming everything is safe, of course. You know, it might be different for everybody. But in general, the crib is a good place to not necessarily splurge, but make sure you're getting a good quality piece because Mm -hmm. it's going to get, it's going to have a lot of wear and tear. Yeah. And then the glider because mm, that's, yes. that's for yes. you. That's for parents. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the baby's not yeah. going to care, but you're going to be in that chair. You're going to fall asleep in that chair in the middle of the night. And mm-hmm. so having a really comfortable, easily cleanable fabric, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, what do we need to know about a rocker or a glider? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah well, yes, rocker must. or glider, which do you right. prefer? Good question. I, I personally prefer a glider just because I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, nervous person when it comes to sitting in a rocking chair you know i always have that moment of am i gonna fall over Mm, that's true that's just me but yeah gliders are a little more flexible because instead of just going back and forth they can swivel they can move around a little bit Mm, more they're smoother and sometimes you have to multitask when you're in that chair exactly getting out of it 
it can be a rocking chair is harder oh to get out gosh. of, especially yes. if you have no hands to use. You've no hands a... and a C-section, you're done. Mm-hmm. You're to- you live in the chair. <laughs> yeah, there so are no arms to get you out. <laughs> great. So then, motorized, great. Get you well, we motorized ones. Ejection. No, well, yeah, I was joking. Oh yeah, they. Well, the glider isn't motorized, but the they have a recliner that's motorized. Uh, brilliant. Oh wow, yeah. Uh, so it's a glider mm. recliner combo that has a motorized reclining function. Yeah. They make those. Yes. They make ones with um, USB ports in them now. <gasps> what? Yeah. I can charge my phone too? In your chair, oh yeah. My yeah. So oh my comfort gosh. is a big deal for the glider because that's going to be your your place. Yeah, that's <laughs> your that base. Is that what most people go and test? I'm wondering, like, they test do, out? They do, but it's harder and harder to do that now oh, because sure. there's less yeah. baby stores and more mm-hmm. brands. So yeah. it's harder to locate the one that you want to sit in. So it is a yeah. bit of a... The risk, but more people are are getting more and more comfortable ordering things that they haven't sat in or mm-hmm. seen. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I haven't too, like, had yeah. too many problems with that. I was going to ask about, and this is, so you also, okay, let's get to the changing table. Because that, to me, I think <laughs> overwhelms a lot of new parents. Because mm-hmm. you are now have a place where you're supposed to change this wiggly thing. And it you can't, you got to keep a hand on it. So mm-hmm. everything needs to be like... In reach. Right in your reach. Okay, so what's in our top drawers? What are we keeping nearby? Where do the drugs go? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Well, so there's a few things with changing tables because a lot of people don't really know the difference between a dresser, a changing table, and a changing tray. And, you know, when you're yeah. a first-time parent. And <laughs> Liz doesn't. You got, okay. You got she a stunt. has been a parent. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so and it's confusing when you're trying to figure out what to shop for. Yeah. So a dresser is a dresser, right? Okay. You know what a dresser is. A changing table usually refers to a dresser that has some type of attachment on the top that you can mm-hmm. fit a changing pad into. Okay. And then a changing tray is that unit on top by itself. Okay. So a dresser okay. plus a tray is a changing table. Does that make sense? Oh, okay. Yeah, yes, so that the totally makes sense. Is okay. Basically, you put a baby you, in a tray. <laughs> you put the changing pad into the tray. It okay. holds the pad in place. It secures it there. Yeah. Depending on mm-hmm. the size, it has a little section next to that for, you know, your diapers or lotions, things you want to keep out. You can do any okay. of those things. So a dresser, obviously okay. you'll need a dresser probably. And the tray, it doesn't, you don't have to get a tray. A lot of people think they have to have one. But you can just get a changing pad and throw it on top of a dresser and secure it. They, they actually come with little straps to secure it without uh, a tray. So it won't okay. fall off or won't wiggle. But then a lot of people change the baby on the floor because it's easier. So if you get oh, just a floor or a travel changing pad, it's, a, it's uh-huh. one of those things. I, I feel like I say this about everything, but everyone's going to do this differently. Uh-huh. But since we're planning with my clients before the baby is there, we kind of just have to guess what they're going to want to do. Oh, you're like, so, are you organized or are you mm-hmm. kind of loosey goosey? So we'll just put down leather all over your floor. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we generally end up with a lot of changing trays. Full, so that would be the dresser and the tray just in case, you know? Okay. What do they say? What do you put down if they're like, listen, I'm just going to be a floor person. Yeah. Then just a dresser. Perfect. I yeah. love it. Just put, put a, have a dresser. I always recommend if your dresser can fit it, a small lamp so you don't mm-hmm. have to turn on all of the lights in the, the right. you know, overhead mm-hmm. lights 
in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and risk waking up the baby. So having like a little really lamp yeah. with just a tiny bit of light is great to pop on when you just need to check something or yes. grab something. Okay, so what else do I keep in this? If I'm I'm organized enough to have a changing table <laughs> and or tray on top of a dresser, what is in my dresser? What do I need to keep in reach, I guess? Yeah, so you're generally going to want your diapers and your creams and such. You're going to want something you can grab quickly if you need to clean up a mess. So whether that's your wipes or (laughs) even just a little cloth or something, because, you know, if you have one hand on the baby and there's Mm-hmm. something you need to handle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's always something. There's always yeah. something. There's always something. Uh, that's okay. always good to have. And then whatever you're going to put back on. So of course the diapers, but then if you have little kind of daytime onesies or mm-hmm. anything like that, having those kind of close at hand is also good. Okay. So generally no, the yes. top two drawers are going to be the changing stuff and then those basic, basic clothing. So the those little white onesies or yeah. underwear mm-hmm. if it's an older child. Mm-hmm. And then their regular actual clothes can be lower or in the closet. Okay. And that's what I was going to ask too about like clothing organizations. Do you have any trip mm-hmm. tips or tricks? Because as you know, the, there's, there's a lot of reorganizing and mm-hmm. it seems to fall always on me. Not, no shocker <laughs> there. Is there any tips or tricks there? Uh, so I would say... Definitely organize them by size because you're going to have, most people have clothing that they're not ready for yet. And it's mm-hmm, good mm-hmm. to be able to really quickly grab the ones that are the next size up and swap them out without having mm-hmm. to dig through all kinds of random clothes. That's something that mm-hmm. I recommend. And then rolling them when you're storing them instead of folding. So you kind of roll them into, I don't, I don't even know how to describe this. Um, it's ca- it's Marie guns. Kondo. If you Google how Marie yes, Kondo does, yes. yeah, 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 into thirds. But <laughs> you, because they're yeah, so little, roll they roll. Them, and so yeah. when you put them in the drawer, you can see everything. So you don't have uh-huh, to dig okay. around to find the one that you're looking for, and you can see all of the patterns and graphics and whatever on the clothes easily. Love it. Okay. Also, hiring yeah. an organizer—that's another tip. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one too. That is a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have a question about how to design a room for a growing child and how how to get the most out of a room and the longevity of the room or how do you that was my next what are you one, thinking Liz. about <laughs> oh man we are so we're well, on it. yeah because it's such a hot topic of I currently I'm building a house and I'm thinking and designing what my he'll be about one ish and so he will still be using a crib so that will still be a focal point but I want to make this room last until he's, I know at some point he's going to care eight, nine, 10. I'm, it's going mm-hmm. to have to change, but how do I get it that far? So yes, same thing. Yes. As this is something that I more or less build into any mm-hmm. room that we design because it's always going to be relevant because not when we do the nursery, there's a pretty good chance that they're not going to wait till the kids eight or nine to redo it. They're going to do it in like two years when the kid's a toddler and can move around. Ah. And maybe we need to convert the crib or even get a twin bed, depending on, Mm -hmm. you know, every kid's a little different. So those changes can happen fairly quickly. So when we're doing floor planning, as best we can try to Uh make it so you can just swap that crib for a bed and you won't really have to move much else. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to design, 
this is where I, where you mentioned some of my rooms look, they don't look very juvenile because mm-hmm. that's one of the ways right. that I transitioning into an older room helps because if you've got a theme in a room and then your three-year-old learns to talk and says, I hate this. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, you don't have to rip <laughs> down a themed wallpaper or mm-hmm. whatever. You can just get some right. accessories or little right. artwork, things like that, mm-hmm. that they can, can more easily replace. So yeah, it's, it can be a little tricky because like I said, nurseries are small. So mm-hmm. it's hard to be able to plan for a bed in a very small room like that. Especially right. when you have a glider, but usually the glider will go when yeah. they're older. So yeah, we do the right. best we can to sort that out in the beginning. Okay, so realistically, you will change the room around age three. Is that the best guess? Well, if I mean, if a client wants me to, it just <laughs> the, it, the the parents will end up doing some type of change when their child to. needs to be out of the crib. So whether okay. that means just converting the crib or getting a new bed. Um, mm-hmm. But at that point, that's when the first kind of bigger change usually happens. Okay. But then after the bed change, how mm-hmm. long is realistic for the room? I get a lot of kind of in that four or five year old range, kind of the big kid room. Ugh, that makes sense though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. That's good to know though. Don't you think like, okay, so this is like, you also know that you will like use it. Like you're in that room when they're a baby. Mm-hmm. Like you are. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a lot of time and <laughs> messes. So that makes sense. Okay. That was great. I just wanted to be realistic with people too. So they can hear this. So they know like, all right, but at the same time, it's fun to do. So who doesn't mm-hmm. want to like re redo a room. So I just want to go back one more time and tell everyone that if they are just found out they're pregnant and have no clue you need to buy this book there are like worksheets in here for budget and for getting organized and i mean every question is answered in here i mean you have a whole section just it really is a fantastic resource Thanks, yeah it really really I've is i've even found that other designers have found it interesting because i've worked with a few other designers who do whole homes and such mm-hmm. and they get to the kids rooms and they're like mm. This is, there's a lot going on in here. Can you come help? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and there's, yeah. The there's so many considerations. In here too, and lighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going through this. Everything's been considered mm-hmm. in this book. It's really fantastic. Thanks. Yeah. I really, I mean, as we, Taryn and I talked a little bit about how I'm a, like extremely organized spreadsheet person. So I tried to kind of translate that into the book where it's just, it's just all in there. It's organized. It's in the right place, hopefully. Yeah. And, no, you have like everything you yeah. can reads the right order so that you can step by step. So I was, I'm not this organized, so I loved it. <laughs> and I appreciated it because I was like, oh my gosh, like, thank you. Thank you so much was my honest reaction when I was like looking through it. And because to be honest, I, I'm, even though my baby, it will not be new, he will probably mm-hmm. still be in a crib. So it's like, really good and now you've solved this crib skirt question i had so (laughs) so smart gosh well a lot of the newer modern cribs you don't even need one it doesn't visually you don't need one see you need to shop some new crib done 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 (laughs) and your website too everything is just organized and beautiful and such great resources that everyone definitely has to check it out 
Before you go, will you help us with a decorating dilemma? Happy to. So this one today is from Jamie, a listener named Jamie. And she writes, hello again. <laughs> I've been following the Schwartz house, which again is just my small handle of look at my house um, that we're building. Um, and she said that they are going through the same things. Her timeline's a little further ahead and her <laughs> lumber cost a little extra. Just a little, guys. You know. Okay, but she asked, what would you all recommend for a whole house paint color? We have a two paint option. So ceiling and trim one color and walls another color. I've already purchased multiple samples and painted boards, but I don't know if I should paint it all the same white color, like Benjamin Moore Simple White, Sea Pearl, or Chantilly Lace. I would like to make it not look so new. Or should I do the trim and ceiling, the traditional white, white? It feels like a ginormous decision to make. And every room is going to have different natural light. Thank you. I know this is an impossible question. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie. So, sorry, Naomi, you got the impossible question about paint. Okay, well, the first thing that stands out to me is she says, purchase multiple samples and painted boards. Paint the walls. Like, just paint them. Get, yeah. get a sample, like an actual paint sample, and put it on the walls because mm -hmm. it's going to look very different on the wall than it does on a board. Mm -hmm. Shockingly so, especially with whites, because they can just totally change even in the angle of the room. But aside from that, I'm personally a big fan of Chantilly Lace. I think that's a really beautiful uh -huh. white. But again, it's going to look different in every home mm -hmm. and in every room. And also, I'm kind of loving the painted trim look right now, you know, with the white mm -hmm. walls and then yes, the slightly yeah. darker doors and trim. The sea mm -hmm. pearl would be nice for that or even something a little darker kind of putty color yes. could be pretty. Yes. Mm-hmm. I second that. I don't think you should do them all the same. I think it's too, like, I slapped one color on new. And that's what, if you're trying to avoid that, I totally agree. I think a fun trim color too if you got to pick two my sister did and not that she's right but she did like a white on the walls and then she did like this and this like 20 years ago did sage trim everywhere mm. like throughout her downstairs and it gave it continuity but she definitely didn't have like wallpaper in one room so it, it worked for her home oh in liz's house too you have all that mm -hmm. brown trim everywhere and love yeah. it yeah and it gives such well, your house is actually it's warm. old. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, my house is just old. But yeah, no, but there is a warmth that comes to that. So mm -hmm. that's that's really kind of an interesting consideration. Yeah. So maybe maybe that could be your second color or your second is. But yeah, I second what Naomi said. And she's the professional. <laughs> <laughs> For nurseries, at least. <laughs> and I do think, I feel like... Uh, Chantilly lace is a lot of people's favorite because it mm -hmm. isn't that it has a little warmth to it, but just a tiny bit. Yeah, it's yeah. really pretty. Yeah, see, that's going to tone down the new, new, new feeling that I think she wants to avoid. Mm -hmm. Oh, that sterile white feeling. Ugh. Yeah, no, <laughs> we all know it too. We're all like, oh, make you feel gross. Uh, well, thank you, and Jamie, good luck with your um, build. It's a I'm glad you're ahead of me, and I hope for the best. I haven't even gotten to paint colors, so send help. <laughs> when, e when every question is from Anonymous soon, you guys will know that I'm just beefing up these questions with my own listener questions. So, Naomi, where can our listeners find you? 
find um, you, follow you, yes. get your book. <laughs> I'm all over the place. My website is littlecrowninteriors.com. My Instagram is littlecrowninteriors. The book is at all of the major booksellers. So anywhere you'd probably go for that. Uh, it's also on my website if you need a link. And the book is called Your Perfect Nursery. Your Perfect you, Nursery. Y- yes. And you specifically named it that because... I did. You read it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I named it Your Perfect Nursery and not My Perfect Nursery because I wanted the reader to feel like it's not my Naomi's view of what your nursery should be. It's your idea of what your nursery should be because it's personal and it's different than any other room. And I, I always tell people that the, the main thing to take away is that it should feel good. It should feel good when you walk in there. And if you can do that, then you're, then you're golden. Love it. Oh, that's awesome. Ah, everyone. That's it, awesome. Well, Yes, if you find yourself pregnant, buzz. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Naomi, for being with us today. Thank you, guys. This was such a pleasure. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy, happy decorating. decorating.